Hello and welcome to Gizmo Podcast number 6. I am Ankur and I have my two experts with me today. So hi Nimish and hi Rahul. Hi Ankur. Hi Ankur. Hi guys. Great. So uh it's been pretty weird. We have done five podcasts till now and none of us have actually introduced ourselves to the listeners. So how about starting with a small round of introduction Nimish? Well, yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Nimish Dubey and I've been writing on technology for about a dozen years now. I write for a lot of publications like The Times of India, The Economic Times, Times of India Press Edition, Man's World, and a few others. I love writing on consumer technology. I love gadgets. And of course, you can read me at onlygizmos.com. Great. Rahul? Hi, guys. This is Rahul Srinivas. Uh, I'm a technology freak. I've been uh, writing about technology for the past two years. and previously i was writing for techtree.com uh, now uh, i've just i've joined hands with ankur and nimish and i'm uh, currently with ondi gizmos you'll be hearing more of me uh, on ondi gizmos from now on great rahul great to have you uh, just a short introduction of myself uh, i've i'm the founder of ondi gizmos and uh, by that uh, Uh, that actually makes me the editor <laughs> automatically but uh, otherwise i've been a online retailer for 8 years so i've been tech- selling technology online in india for 8 years now and since the past 3 and a half years i've been running onlygizmos.com along with a few other technology sites so let's begin with what we have on our plate today uh, the nokia n8 and the blackberry torch came out uh, last week in india so let's have a look at what nokia and blackberry have to offer to us So Nimish uh, how does the N8 look to you finally this since you are using one now how does it look uh, <clears throat> well ankur it's uh, it depends on what context you look at it from if one looks at it only from nokia's perspective considering what they have been doing in the last one and a half two years since the iphone came out to be very accurate i would say that this is nokia's best phone in the post iphone era it definitely has very good sensitivity good display excellent camera it's a solid nokia performer i just come out 2 years ago god knows what could have happened unfortunately it's just a bit late so the touch sensation while it is good for a nokia doesn't really match iphone and of course now android who's in the market so let's put it this way the any puts nokia right back into contention now the nokia guys can say right you've got iphone we have got a decent handset in the market The problem, of course, is going to be the interface. They need to, re- to revamp that totally. Perhaps Nigo will change it. Wow. So Rahul, we attended the Nokia N8 launch in Mumbai, and though I left early, you had a few moments with the, the N8. So how did you see it? How do you see it? Look, uh, actually, I've been using the Symbian for the past, uh, I think, okay, five years now. I've been fairly, uh, fairly. Uh, in with the Symbian thing and I found the Nokia N8 to be pretty much on the same page. I mean it's not much of a difference from Symbian uh, version 5 or Symbian 1 as it is known now. But uh, there are a few UI improvements that I, I could notice but it's not much of an improvement. Uh, they say there are around 200 plus improvements they have made but um, I didn't really notice much difference. The UI is much faster now. Uh, it might be due to the processor, but I've been using an Omnia HD, uh, which is by far the best uh, Symbian phone I have used, and it compares well to the M8 even now, even though it was released around two years back. So having used the Omnia HD, I didn't really feel that the M8 was much better than the Omnia HD in terms of hardware and software. 
So I I still I'm still very skeptical to say that the N8 is the best. N8 is is obviously the best uh, Nokia handset till date, but I'm still doubtful whether it's the best Symbian out there. Wow. Now. That's some comparison. You got those Samsung Omnia. Obviously, I haven't used either of these handsets now. So, Nimish, a few things about the N8. I've been reading about it and a couple of things. Uh, a keyboard in the portrait mode is uh, a T9 and not a full QWERTY. That's one thing I've noticed. The screen resolution isn't that high. That's another thing it's being criticized for. But on the flip side, it has a brilliant Gorilla Glass screen and a AMOLED display. And uh, it has a 12 megapixel camera which is set to do pretty well. So how do you think N8 stacks up with the competition, against the competition? Well, <clears throat> just how we see the competition. I mean, Nokia is going to town screaming Gorilla Glass, Gorilla Glass. But all of my very close friends who also writes from the Indian Express, Dragon Deep Sinsapra, simply said, big deal Gorilla Glass. I just put a 300 rupee screen protector, which is what, about $6 a screen protector on a cheaper phone and I get the same protection. This is the fuss about. Gorilla Glass by itself is not going to be a killer thing. As far as the screen is concerned, huge improvement over something like the N97. But the problem that I see is the world has kind of moved on. I mean, anyone who has seen the iPhone 4 display, anyone who has seen the Samsung Wave display, the Samsung Galaxy S display, those are high resolution displays, and the screen just jump out at you. You switch the phone on and you get a feeling, oh my god, I'm looking at something very, very special here. That feeling, alas, does not come from the Nokia handset. 12 megapixel camera, fine, very nice. But do you actually need 12 megapixels to be able to, to upload a decent photograph onto Facebook or Flickr or some other social networking sites for which most people are using the phones right now? If you're a photography freak, you're going to be having a digital camera with you anyway. So where the N8 fits in there is going to be tough. The good thing about the N8 is, of course, the fact that it's a solid device. It does, it's not very bad looking. I don't like it personally, but I think people say it looks good. I just wish they could fix. I completely agree with you about the, the keyboard issue. I mean, the fact that you need two hands to try type on a full QWERTY and you have to move it into landscape mode, that's idiotic in this day and age. I think the price is very good. The price is very, very competitive. They kept it at around 25,000 rupees, which is around 450. 470, for, no, slightly more than that actually, around, more than around 520, dollars but which is very, very competitive for a flagship, especially in, in, in Indian conditions. And these are the kind of markets that Nokia really fights in. This is where it gets its, you know, huge volumes from. So it might just work for them. So that would suggest to me that this would be a commercial hit as we had expected before, given the price point and the kind of marketing going behind it. And of course, it's a very good hardware. So I'm wondering uh, where no exactly Nokia is headed because it's getting obvious now that Symbian isn't going to hold ground for them long. It's just a makeshift uh, OS till they get Mego in. And Mego isn't expected till 2011. So uh, how do you see Nokia? And uh, there's another handset that has come out is the Nokia C7, I guess. It's a touchscreen again. So I'm wondering how does this compete with the N8 itself and the competition again? I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I have actually used the C7 and I found it pretty much uh, on on par with the N8. Wow. I mean, it, it has the Gorilla Glock screen and uh, it's, a, it's a decent looking handset. Uh, probably the best Nokia handset I have ever seen. It's quite slim and uh, uh, it compares well with the Nokia N8. It has an 8 megapixel cam. It's, uh, I mean 8 megapixel camera is, is not bad at all. 
and the HD video recording, you have almost every feature you have on the N8 on the C7 and I think uh, they're going to price it around the 20-21k mark. It's pretty decent for a phone. And uh, apart from this, this Gorilla Glass thing, uh, I think the, the Gorilla Glass thing is a bit of a hype. I mean, uh, it was only in the news when uh, Apple used it first. The Omni HD, even the Omni HD has a uh, Gorilla Glass. So it's not much of a niche product anymore, I guess. Uh, many phones, uh, if, you, if you actually see the Gorilla website, they have actually listed a lot of phones. But it's not just the Apple iPhone or the Nokia. I know there are many phones out there with Gorilla Glass now. Wow, that's interesting. So Omni HD comes out two years back and even that has a Gorilla Glass. Even that had a Gorilla Glass. Wow. So that's something new for us. So looking at the Nokia C7, uh, Nimish, I heard from uh, Nokia India that it, it probably won't come out this year in India. I don't know if it's actually coming or they were just uh, trying to avoid taking away the limelight from Nokia N8 during the launch. But uh, can you just, uh, can you, do you have any thoughts on this, C7 versus the N8? Uh, <coughs> regarding the, the C7, my thoughts are completely wrong. I mean, I completely agree with it. He's spot on with it. Now let's uh, spot on with it because the fact is that uh, C7 specs are very similar to the N8. The only the only massive massive difference, perhaps you could say, is the USB on the go connectivity that comes with the with the N8. But okay, you can plug the N8 to a HDTV or even to any USB device that has got the external power source. But to be very honest, that's not not much of a shall we say big factor for consumers. Apart from that, I mean, eight megapixels. Very, very good. For instinct shots, for shots that you just want, you just want to capture, you don't have time to take out a digital camera. You can just, need megapixel camera, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I agree with the, uh, it's a very, very good looking phone. It's slim. That's the one thing that I've, so for some reason, I've not liked about the N8. N8 is kind of thick and with the metallic casing, to me at times, you know, it looks a bit industrial almost. It doesn't look sleek. The C7 is very, very, it's a very, very different animal. It's sleek. We here is going to be priced as well said between 19 and 21 k I think they are not talking about it because it will, it will cause major damage to N8 if it comes in the market right now. People don't count megapixels that much. It's a good-looking phone. It doesn't cost that much. It has an operating system that okay. It's a bit dated. It's the same as the N8. I hasten to point point out the main thing. But well. Terrific value for money. I think I think actually the C7 and of course the very little talked about E7 which we're going to be seeing early next year. The C7, I've got a feeling, is going to be coming a lot sooner than Nokia expects in India. Or Nokia rather expects. It's going to be coming this year in India. And I think it could. It could do better than the N8. Interesting. So, uh, interestingly the C7 actually fits into the into Nokia's stronghold. If you see sub-20,000 phones, that's somewhere around 300 400 dollars. That's where even the Bada OS powered wave is targeting and uh, there isn't too many smartphones over there and uh, uh, in the past we have seen the Fire double zero and these handsets which just go over $300 they have actually sold pretty well for Nokia. So that's a market that Nokia has been ruling for a long time and C7 should actually come in and boost their share in that space but when, it's co when it comes to super smartphone space where the Androids and iPhones are there I feel the N8 really isn't there. So that's, that's it for the N8. We also saw another new Blackberry coming out last week and that is the Blackberry Torch. So uh, 
Rahul, have you seen the BlackBerry Torch? Uh, not yet. I'm not yet. I haven't actually. Okay. Nimish? Uh, yeah, I I can use it for about a day. Okay. And, uh, well, the feeling again is, I mean, I'm going to sound like a stuck record here. For a BlackBerry, you know, it's not bad. I'm saying you should, you should use the wobbly screen as a Storm and Storm 2 which came out. Yeah. The touch is a considerable improvement. There's lots of people who are going to love a slightly large touchscreen with a slide-out uh, QWERTY under it, which we saw in the Palm Pre. Yeah. So the form factor is going to be very popular in some, with some people. Yeah. But the price, rupees, almost rupees 35,000, the price is going to be a big problem for me because I don't see BlackBerry 6 backing it up. There are going to be BlackBerry boys who will go crazy and will say, oh, we want the latest BlackBerry. Maybe they will like it. But the hardcore BlackBerry users, I'm not so sure about them. I mean, rupees 35,000 is a lot of money to get for this thing. Animesh, uh, I think uh, the, uh, the BlackBerry Torch runs uh, BlackBerry OS 6, right? That's right. Uh, so how do you find the OS 6 now since I, I guess it's the first one, first phone to run OS 6. So is there, a, is there much of a difference? The, uh, to, be very, to be very honest, there's not, there's not a sensational amount of difference. There's, there's far better support for touch now than there was in the previous version. This is the best BlackBerry Touch experience you're going to get for a long time. I mean, considering what happened on the storm, which is pretty much ordinary, this is very good. The integration is very solid. But from what I can see, the little bit that I saw, BlackBerry has not BlackBerry has not really messed up with its core strength. Most of the, the email applications still look pretty much the same. The messaging looks still pretty much the same. And you are going to need that quality. You are going to need that quality at some stage or the other. Right, so I use the torch for a few minutes and I, they actually have a pinch to zoom in, they have a good on-screen keyboard as well, they have text selection, copy-paste and stuff, and it didn't look that bad to me, but of course not not comparing the, it to the Android or iPhone again in touchscreen experience, but I kind of like that piece, uh, for some reason the hardware is really, you know, having used the Palm Pre before, I can see that the hardware yep. quality is pretty much up to the mark. They have a good slide-out keyboard, and I pretty much like the keyboard as well. So I have a feeling for people, you know, people who have been using BlackBerry since a long time, and BlackBerry has done a good job of holding them to their market, so holding them back to a BlackBerry. But someone who has used an Android or iPhone won't really see this as the next big thing and switch from an Android or iPhone. But people who have been using the BlackBerry, they have a reason to stick to BlackBerry now and not switch to an Android and iPhone. That's how I see it. The price tag of 30,000, 35,000 is actually pretty high. It translates to $780. That's really huge. And it, it will be just uh, around what the iPhone 4 would launch officially in India or you can get a good unlocked piece uh, anywhere in the world. So it's an expensive phone, but what really kills the BlackBerry Torch, I feel, is the slow processor speed. I don't know how they can just go on stage, launch a phone, and the first thing you see in the spec sheet is a 624 megahertz processor. Even the Samsung oh, yeah. Bada powered wave, it has a 1 GHz processor and it actually, you know, it's quite swift. So, I'm wondering how BlackBerry is going to sell this to people who really love, you know, who really are into super smartphones. But yeah, as you said, Nimish, the BlackBerry boys would perhaps like this. What do you feel, Rahul? Yeah. Any thoughts on this? Uh, I just wanted to ask one thing, whether uh, the phone is good at uh, multimedia. I mean, uh, BlackBerry has been in the corporate yeah. for many years now, yeah. and they've been trying to do multimedia stuff on their phones off late. Yeah. But, and I think they have a new revamped media player in the, on the BlackBerry Touch. 
So I yes, checked out the video player, at least the video player, and myself and Kunal from Tactica Blog, we were trying to just forward and rewind it a little fast, and there was visible lag. There was a little lag in the video, and that too it was a small trailer, not a large movie that we were trying to play around with. So the overall the speakers were pretty loud, and so it had a decent 5 megapixel camera in low light conditions, which tried taking a couple of snaps, and it actually came out decent enough. So. I don't think it really blows the, the competition out of the water, but it's something that is again just average. Nimish, any thoughts on this? Well, um, I have just a feeling that, I mean, it's another part that we haven't really touched in both the N8 and the Torch, and then uh, now a lot of the matter of multimedia came to our mind, is that both, I mean, if you look at the Torch, yes, it has the capabilities to do decent multimedia, but there again, you have a relatively low, low resolution screen. No matter what you do, you're not going to get the kind of experience that you say you get on an N8 or even, as you rightly pointed out, a Samsung Wave. Then again, there is the matter of the apps. I mean, now I think we're moving to a stage where people, even on BlackBerry, are looking to install more and more applications. And we do not have the multimedia-oriented applications on BlackBerry yet. EA is not going to release FIFA football for BlackBerry. They'll release FIFA football for Android. They'll release it for the iPhone. So I think that is a place where BlackBerry is just lagging. They are trying to catch up. I mean, all credit to them. I hope they get very lucky in it. But they are, they, if you look at just multimedia, pure multimedia, yes, it will play music all right. Video is not going to be that hot. It's never going to be that hot because the processor is slow. You don't have the high resolution screen. And there is an absolute paucity of apps which are based around the multimedia. BlackBerry still is about productivity apps. You get lots of calendars, you get lots of office suites, and you get all kinds of calculators and GPS-oriented stuff. But your fun, your multimedia looking for a 3D game with lots and lots of fun, uh, you know, it's a bit difficult. BlackBerry shouldn't want your first option then. All right, interesting. So that's pretty much for the BlackBerry Torch. There are a bunch of other handsets that we had a look at. One of them is the Sony Xperia X8, and we also have the Nokia, I guess the E5, and the C6. So Nimish, why don't you run us through these? Well, they are, uh, if you look at it, those all three handsets are coming in the rupees 10 to 15,000 uh, market in, in India. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very, very interesting price point, um, which as you rightly pointed out some time ago, one which was sometimes dominated by Nokia. And now we actually have had the Samsung's and the LG's coming in with the Corby's and a host of other, the Cookies, a number of other handsets. Of the three, if you ask me which is my favorite, I would say it is the E5 because it just so it goes back to Nokia's core strength, the E63, the E71, the E72. It's slightly more plasticky, but it's got a nice metal band. The Mian 363rd edition works fine. Not a high-resolution screen, not a very good 5-megapixel shooter. But well, solid performance does email very well. It gives you almost two and a half to three days of battery life, which is very, very good. Uh, if you look at the, yeah. Uh, regarding the Xperia X8, uh, it's still shipping with Android 1.6. That's right. So, uh, I mean, when today these phones, uh, all, all the others are uh, coming to Android 2.1 or 2.2. Um, I, I think it's still... Well, the, the, the one thing to say is, if you look at the lower end, barring the two Samsung lower end galaxies, the Galaxy 5 and the Galaxy 3, a lot of them are still going on 1.6. And what Sony Ericsson is doing, I don't approve of what Sony Ericsson is doing. I think they should have gone for 2.1. 
it's not 2.2. 2.2 might not have been possible on the Xperia X8. I mean, it's a 3-inch touchscreen device, total touchscreen device with 3.2 megapixel shooter. But at that price point, around the piece 13,000, giving you pretty decent social networking, an okay camera. I would say this is not as good a camera as one expects in a Sony Ericsson device. It's an okay camera. But if you say, okay, it's going to go to the against, shall uh, we say, some of the LG, the GW620s, or the LG Optimus, which also runs Android 1.6, I would say it's better than the LG Optimus in terms of screen quality and performance. I mean, uh, interestingly, interestingly, uh, many Indian players are into the Android field these days. I see the video, VideoCon launching an Android phone with a capacity right. screen, and uh, it runs Android 1.6. And they say, I mean, I'm not sure whether they will launch, um, but they say they will be porting it to Android to 2.1 very soon. Uh, they, they, have done, they, have, they have done, so I've seen, I've seen the, the prototype running 2.1. It's running 2.1 pretty fine. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I don't think it's actually a very bad phone um, for that price. I'm not sure about the hardware inside, but uh, when, you, when you compare it with the Xperia X8, it's around the same price. I mean, well... Even local well, I, I think the big the big challenge is going to be for the consumer is going to be that okay you have got I mean even before the video con you had the Spice MI three hundred which is yeah. nine thousand nine hundred ninety rupees again one point six but which they're saying is due to be moved to two point one any time now they say around October twenty fifth so it might be coming up any time now so um, again low price point great specs similar with the with a video con, they expect relatively low price point. The difference is going to come in the user's perspective. A lot of consumers who are buying, investing money at that point, are still a bit wary of video con or spice for whatever reason. Perhaps it's because of the lack of uh, visibility, a lack of more visible marketing. But there is this solidity, uh, solidity. I would say, uh, which comes with the like, likes of brands like Sony Ericsson and LG and Samsung, which is letting them get away with 1.6 devices. Because otherwise, if you look at on paper, on paper, the video call and the price should swallow everyone else on, on paper. I mean, they've got a capacitive screen, you've got a 5-inch autofocus camera, and a 2.1, hopefully. Price of less than the 13,000. Wow, you're in business. I really think that it's not just the handsets. Companies like VideoCon, like Spice, like Micromax, we are hearing Micromax might be coming out of the Android device soon. We need also to build up on the brand equity, which I think they are losing out on. So interestingly, uh, Nimish, as I see Sony Ericsson, uh, I thought that they were actually putting all their force behind Android uh, of late and they would actually look to come back into the smartphone game. They were actually never into the smartphone game except for the PCDs. But I thought That's they would right. make their big entry into the smartphone game with these uh, uh, Android devices but then I started to hear that they would also be going with the Windows Phone 7 and I thought okay so maybe Android was just a temporary solution and they are actually gonna come out big with the Windows Phone 7 launch and now I'm hearing that even Windows Phone 7 from Sony Ericsson would come uh, nothing before 2011 that's next year and now I'm wondering they don't have a decent Android handset out there which will compete with any of the super smartphones they don't have a Windows Phone 7 out there and so what, what is really Sony Ericsson doing in the smartphone space? So uh, they really have a big, big uphill task now to catch up with HTC and other platforms which are coming up. So 
this is very weird situation. Android 1.6, I would actually stop looking at the phone right there. They need to have uh, Android 2.1 or 2.2 device out there right now. They should, ex you know, they should actually be upgrading the Xperia, which hasn't really happened. No, I think Uncle, they missed a huge chance for the Xperia X10, which was launched early this year. Yeah. Because if you look at that, that had a 1 gigahertz processor, it had a 4 inch touchscreen and 8 megapixel camera, which at that time had not been seen on any Android phone. And they put Android 1.6 on it. Now, whatever the rationale Sony Ericsson gives us, you have to look at that as a crucial turning point, because at that time, we didn't have the Samsung Galaxy S. The Motorola Milestone was the only major phone that was Milestone or Droid, as they call it, was the only major phone running Android 2.1. Sony had a chance, extreme, lovely camera, and they had the latest operating system. God knows what would have happened. But you're right, as of now, we need a winner from somewhere. Yeah, just as we are recording this, I see a DM into my Twitter, and someone is asking me if they should buy our Xperia X10, and I'm saying, no, hell no, never. <laughs> so, that's the situation. So that's pretty much for the X8. It's a low-cost Android device. Not really low-cost, but a medium-range device. So how about the other two, the C6 and the E5? The E5, like I said, was my, was pretty much my favorite. Very much standard E-series, quality with a relatively small screen. But if you just want solid email, good messaging, and very, very good battery life, inside a very sturdy frame. I would say the V5 is a very, very good phone. I mean, for around 12,000 rupees, you're getting that. Not bad. The, uh, the C3 is one on the other hand. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to add to that. Nokia has all, uh, was always good at quality. Uh, and they had a, Definitely. And, yep, they had a decent um, uh, line uh, with the E7, uh, the E72, E71. They had a good run with it. Absolutely. And, uh, even the E63, uh, it, for a sub 9 k phone, it was pretty good. And the E5 is on the lines of the E63 as well. I mean, it's priced similarly. It's it's between the E63 and the E72 is the way I see it. Because it shows in the 5 megapixel camera, it adds some metal accents. It seems to work a lot faster than the E63. They made a few interface changes, so now you can see, you know, the photographs of your favorite contacts on the home screen. There is a Facebook app that has been thrown into it. And which works reasonably well. It's not great. It's not going to give Android keys this night. But yeah, if you're the enterprise guy who also has a social network and who wants to be online all the time, you want a phone which is not going to run out of battery soon, going to survive a few falls, it's a pretty good phone. I mean, and what do you, what do you think about the Nokia C6? The, the C6, the C6 is uh, the spiritual successor, it seems, to the N97 and the N97 Mini. It's the same thing. The C65th edition. 3.2-inch touchscreen with a slide-out QWERTY from the side and a 5-megapixel shooter behind. Price is around 13,500. A lot of people are going to love the price. If you look at the specs there, the price is not bad at all because it's a, it's, it's a decent camera. Much better than the 5-megapixel we have seen on the E5. Much better than the camera we have seen on the Android X8, both in the same, on the same uh, price segment. But then again, like I said, if somebody has seen the new Nokia, the N8, ah, he knows that something is the C7 is coming. Will he or she go for a device like this? I'm not saying it's bad. If you have been used to Nokia all your life, it's a pretty solid device. The slide-out quality is one of the most comfortable I've used. In fact, it's very similar to the one we saw in the E75. It's not like the N97 one. It doesn't open with a fart sound. 
we have a slide open more gently. Nice spacious quality, wonderful for typing. I would say among the sliders from the slide quality, it's a very, very comfortable quality. It's better than the one I've seen on the Motorola Milestone Alpha, if I'd say that. But then you have the screen, you have the OS. You have the same thing in 60-fifth edition problems. You tap once, you tap twice, sometimes you tap ten times, nothing happens. Battery life suddenly goes from three bars to no bars all of a sudden. Well, I don't know, somebody loves specs at a low price, they might go for this one. But C6 for me in the whole stack, C6 is perhaps the weakest of the lot. Okay, so interestingly Nokia has, uh, I think, two C6 series handsets now because one C6, right. the C601, uh, was launched at the Nokia World event. That's C right. That's yeah, what do you think about the Nokia naming schemes these days? I mean, it, it's getting confusing these days. The C601, they have a lot of 01, 02, 03 series coming They up. just so made our job a lot more tougher. <laughs> they made our job a lot more tougher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and but it's but it's something that if you notice, it's a bit of a Nokia legacy. We used to have an E61 and we used to have an E61i. Yeah, we had an E63 and an E63e. I mean, the, it is not the wisest thing to do, but Nokia seems to do it. I mean, I see a number of consumers who get very, very confused by it. I remember there was the N71, and then there was the N72, N70-1, N70-2. And one had a slightly older version of the operating system, one had a slightly newer one. Now, to us, uh, it seems to be commonsensical. Yeah. From what I think, what I see, the E73, all these phones had different versions. I mean, if, if it's a Chinese version, they had a different name. Or if it had an American version, they had a different name. But in this case, the C6, the C6 and the C601 are completely different phones. Yeah. They're not related. One has a 8 megapixel camera, one has a 5 megapixel camera. Yes. Very different. And one has a QWERTY keypad and one doesn't. So it's a completely different. Wonderful. Wonderful. I know. Yep. And if you see, even the Nokia 6600, they actually I guess, have two different handsets with the same model number. One was the old Symbian Fat Lady and one is the Slider. So, oh, yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Yeah, so it's a challenge for Nokia as well, I think. So they have had over 100 different models out in the market over the past one decade and it's getting a little tough for them as well, I feel. So maybe they are running out of model names, numbers. Right? It's like uh, E-CDs, uh, N-CDs, uh, C-CDs, uh, X-CDs and they're still out of names, uh, well, not really justified. But yeah, they seem to be having trouble with that or at least we are having trouble with that. Definitely. Yeah. So. That's pretty much it. Anything else, Nimish? I have just one extra thing which has come up today. It's a second Android tablet from Samsung. Has anyone heard about this? I'm just kind of read about it superficially, but uh, I haven't really looked at it in depth. But yeah, I've read about it. Yep. Yep, so, I too. I haven't yeah. read about it much. Just so, out of it. Yep. So apparently, uh, the number two operator in Japan, KDDI, KDDI seems to have got a Samsung tablet for themselves and this one would be going on sale next year in February. It runs Froyo, has a 7 inch screen, not a very impressive design, the same resolution as the Galaxy Tab but they aren't calling it Super AMOLED, we don't have much details on it. So as I see it's just made for one carrier in Japan to compete. Yeah. Is it, is it just the Galaxy Tab that they are uh, just redesigning it for the Japanese market? Uh, that's it what I am starting to feel, but it has a lower resolution camera, lesser internal memory, so there is obviously a lot of specs difference and I don't think this has an AMOLED display either. 
So basically what might have happened, I'm just speculating here that NTT Docomo got the Samsung Galaxy Tab in Japan and to rival them, to compete with them, KD might have just asked Samsung to make a new model for them and they might have outed this, just announced this because this isn't going on sale until February. So this is definitely in production now or in development phase and will go on sale in the next 3-4 months. So it's obviously something which has just come up to compete the Galaxy Tab by two Japanese carriers. They are fighting, uh, carriers fighting amongst themselves. So that's how I see it. I don't think it will get an international launch anytime soon. No word on the pricing either. But interesting, so Samsung actually has, at least officially we can say, Samsung has two tablets announced and we are waiting to get a hands-on. Yeah, and the, the interesting news another with the filtered in is Dell is uh, hoping to upgrade the streak Froyo by November 7th. Now, I don't know how realistic that is, because wow. the source in Dell said by November 7th, it'll be ready to throw you. So, I mean, it, Dell has marketed as a tablet, but in India, I've seen a lot of people still look at it as a smartphone because of the size. Yes, 35,000. It's kind of interesting. Okay, so Nimi, she was speaking about the streak. It seems that it will have a Froyo update uh, soon, and that should compete with the Galaxy Tab. We have discussed the tablet thing previously a lot in detail, and I feel we started out with a aim to discuss more on the N8 and Torch today, though we ended up discussing a lot of other smartphones and some mini-podcasts. Mini this actually turns out to be one of our larger ones. But very interesting discussion, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Any any final words from any of you? No, no, not really. I mean, I just think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. And, and the tablet space, I mean, we must talk more about the tablet on stage because, I mean, we haven't really seen a component to the iPad come up yet, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the problem. Yeah, I can't really speak about uh, any of the competitors, uh, be it the Notion Inc, which is just giving out new press releases every day, or be it some other tablet. We ha just haven't tab handled any good tablet after the iPad. So it's just a lot of announcements and announcements and announcements, and we are just wondering Absolutely. when. Absolutely. Yeah, when will we really and, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that Motorola is working on the gingerbread bread tablet, which is yeah. supposed to come out somewhere in November, end or in early December, the guys said. Christmas season. So wow. everyone no. is talking. Yeah. But you don't you go to the market and you have the iPad on one end and you have some extremely cheap wannabes on the other side. Yeah. And this also reminds me of Android four point zero ice cream. So I heard about this today and, and we don't know what Android three point gingerbread would be, but we have now heard that Android four point zero would be called ice cream. So pretty interesting times I feel. Uh, last two years were more about smartphones. Going ahead in 2011, a lot of tablets would be happening and for real, we'll really see them competing with each other and iPad second generation, of course, there are rumors flowing already about it. So this is a space to watch out for. For the moment, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. You can follow us on Twitter. My name, uh, my, you can follow me as at Ankur, A-N-N-K-U-R. You can follow Nimish uh, as at Nimish Dubey. You can follow... Rahul has Whiskid, so it's at Whiskid with a single Z and double D, so that's double H, I, Z, K, I, D, D. Is that right, Rahul? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so that's it. That's our podcast number six. Thank you.